What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the 35th official episode of the Cycle 365. It is June 4th, 2020. I am one of your co-hosts, Simon Villanos. And I'm your other co-host, Cody Stoffer. And, you know, today we got a special episode. This episode's going to be pretty much... I mean, okay, there'll be some sports in it, but it'll be mostly about the protests, about police brutality. It's going to be way more political. And I'm just going to preface this. I know that a lot of our political episodes don't really do well, but in my opinion, this is something that we got to talk about. And I personally didn't feel comfortable posting any other content this week, which is why a lot of the content this week was, uh, or scheduled for this week, was suspended. So we're going to have this episode and then... I mean, no promises for next week or the following weeks, but we'll see. But anyways, we got a really good conversation coming up. Cody, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Let's let's talk about where it first started. About that. So uh, a lot of people believe that these protests were started because of George Floyd's death, but I'm going to go even a bit before that. Um, not too much further back, because I could go as far back as 1992 and Rodney King and even further back before that, just because of everything that has happened historically. But I'd say for this year, the protests and subsequent actions and consequences following that started on February 23rd when Ahmad Arbery was shot dead in his neighborhood going on a jog by two white males. This case was recused by two different prosecutors. And in that amount of time that a third prosecutor took over the case, Brianna Taylor was also killed. She was at home in bed when the police raided the wrong house and they shot her eight times and she passed away as well. So those are two avoidable African-American deaths. One from that was just basically a hate crime from two white males and the other being an example of police brutality and too much force. Then on May 5th, a video came out of Arbery's shooting. And this generated waves where celebrities such as LeBron James were retweeting it and asking slash demanding for justice. And it wasn't until May 7th that Greg, I'm not even going to say their names because they're murderers, but the two white men were arrested. So there is about almost three months between the murder of Ahmad and then the arresting of his murderers. So this was happening before George Taylor, before George Floyd subsequent story happened, which happened on May 25th. There's a video of it where a police officer is kneeling on his neck and it's approximately nine minutes long of this police officer kneeling on his neck and not responding to Mr. Floyd's pleas that he can't breathe and for the officer to get off of him and George Floyd passed away. He was murdered in police custody. And following that, that was on May 25th on May 26th protests in Minneapolis began and they were responded to with tear gas to be broken up with. There's also looting and rioting in the city of Minneapolis. On May 27th, protests across the nation took place, including Memphis, Los Angeles, Atlanta, and just big, diverse hotspots, you know, more than I'd argue progressive places, one might say. 
And then on May 28th, the National Guard was mobilized in Minnesota as a response to the looting and rioting. And up until that point, the four police officers who were responsible for the death of George Floyd were only fired. And these protests and such were a response to them not being arrested for committing a crime and for police brutality. And it wasn't until May 29th, so it took four days just to arrest the officer who was kneeling on George Floyd's neck. So, you know, that caused a lot of outrage. And initially, he was only charged with a third degree murder and second degree manslaughter of George Floyd. And the other three officers had not yet been detained. On May 29th, Trump on Twitter called protesters thugs and also stated that when the looting starts, the shooting starts. And he was threatening to release the military onto American cities where he deemed protests were getting out of control. And he was quoted as saying, um, get his act together and bring the city under control or I will send in the National Guard and get the job done right. So, end quote. That was a direct threat from the president against the United States. And then also on May 29th, protests in Atlanta and New York were shown to have lots of destruction and looting and rioting, smashed windows and destruction of property. But, you know, a lot of them start off as peaceful protests, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Then the Minneapolis mayor told people to stay home, and he called the protests domestic terrorism, which wasn't wasn't well received and then more protests break out across the nation and curfews were the response from governors and mayors in major cities and all this time you know you have major figures athletes and you know thousands of people not only in in the united states but across the world protests are happening condemning police brutality as well as the legal system in general here in the United States. And then there were two autopsies that confirmed that George Floyd's death was a product of a homicide, along with some other mentions of other health problems that seemed like they were posed there to detract from the homicide itself. Um, on June 1st, Trump officially declared, quote, if a city or state refuses to take the actions that are necessary, to defend the life and property of their residents, then I will deploy the United States military and quickly solve the problem for them. So initially threatened the National Guard and shooting protesters, then followed it up a few days later with actually threatening to deploy the military. In that time since then, the four officers have been charged in the death of George Floyd. And I believe that they were arrested on... So this is this has happened within the past day, actually, as of this recording on June 4th, 2020, where all four officers were charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder and aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter with the police officer who was kneeling on his neck. His charge 
went up from third degree murder to second degree murder as well as second degree manslaughter and that is basically the most recent news that we have yeah yeah and i mean just to be clear those are all the facts so like those things happened for sure everyone was able to see them those are pretty much undisputable am i right yeah those are that that's that's what's happened timeline wise as far as the events that had happened that were starting to anger not only african americans but americans in general of the injustice in the justice system and then the repercussions of such things you know that there is a lot of looting and rioting and you know amongst the states which trump hid well inspected his bunker is the official statement at the white house and also following the protests had tear gas dispersed to disperse peaceful protests to go to a church to pose for a picture of the bible that also happened so we'll have conversations about that for sure yes we will but those are the facts as far as the activism and the movement here in the united states against police brutality this doesn't even include or pay on i'm gonna pay some homage to ferguson back in 2014 as well as trayvon martin's case and all of those have been a part of this movement as well and you know earlier in the 2010s maybe even before that was the beginning of the black lives matter movement it's just gained a lot more steam due to recent events and you know arguably have has had an impact on this george floyd case as well as others yeah for sure and let's not get it twisted i mean you know things like this has happened forever you know I, if i'm being honest there are probably cases out there that nobody knows of because are definitely you know police departments across the nation that are a little bit more racist a little bit more willing to cover up the mistakes of their department and you know there are some cases that just go i mean they're they're not talked about at all because people feel like they don't need to and so they're covered up and so i'm okay before we move on to the next segment you know we'll, we'll split it up but before we move on uh Oh my gosh i'm happy that the movement's going on i think this is something that's important and i'm glad that it is, it is prolonged because you know in the past some of these you know protests may not have lasted as long as they do but right now we're coming on to i mean at the end of this week it'll be basically week two like a full week like almost 14 straight days of protesting am i right yeah yeah so also, I'm glad it's, go on i was just gonna say also do be aware, listeners, that the coronavirus is still out there. And so you see at a lot of these protests, protesters are wearing masks and trying their best, I'd say, at the peaceful protests to be safe and be cognizant that coronavirus is still around. So don't just show up. If you plan on protesting and exercising your First Amendment right, then, you know, be safe and cognizant of others while you do it by wearing a mask and, you know, staying as sanitary as you can yeah and that's very true you know we're still basically in the midst of a pandemic so this should show how important this movement is and how it will be seen and viewed in um in in history you know moving forward anyways i mean we'll we'll get to reactions personal reactions uh and you know our stories 
about this movement. Cody, did you have anything else you want to add? The attorney general for Trump in the White House also said that he doesn't have the power to enlist the act that he referenced to summon the military into major cities. So the yes. attorney general and other members of the White House were alarmed at his statement. Very true. The Pentagon uh, themselves, his uh, top generals are very resistant to that idea. And there's a lot of friction going on there, but you know, we'll talk about all that. We'll react to it. Um, yeah. So stay tuned coming up next we're going to react to basically everything that's going on it's a lot you know we're going to talk about our own stories and uh i mean basically it'll just basically be our opinions about it am i right yeah and then i just want to make sure to tell the listeners to stay tuned to tell the last segment where we will go over a list of actions and such that you can do honestly if you just go online and you look up petitions against police brutality You'll find lots of lists, but we'll give you specific resources as far as where to donate, um, how to sign petitions, and what acts and such you can take as a citizen to support racial equality in the United States. So make sure to stay tuned for that. And I'm pretty sure that we'll be posting links as well. Coming up next, our opinions. Welcome back to the Cycle 365. I'm one of your co-hosts, Cody Stoffer, and here in a second we're going to hear from Simon as well. Just our personal reactions and thoughts and feelings, you know, to this movement here in the United States, as well as you know, facts to back up our opinions because we are of the educated and we are of the thorough. So. We won't be spreading misinformation here. Simon, you mentioned that, you know, we'll get into that later when I brought up Trump's pose with the Bible in front of a church. Later on, the leader of that church told the press that Trump did not have permission to do that in front of the church, by the church, or to clear it out. What is your reaction to this photo and what have you seen from your point of view well my reaction is that this is basically just a photo op you gotta be an idiot like i'm sorry but you gotta be an idiot to think that any of this was sincere you know because he's basically posing with a bible trying to you know pander to his conservative supporters to his christian supporters catholic supporters and whatnot but I mean, the real story behind how that photo op came to be was that, you know, he basically ordered his, you know, the police in Washington, D.C. to shoot rubber bullets, tear gas, the protesters at all costs just so we could have this uh, little photo op. And if I'm being honest, that's like, look, that's that's a sham. Like, do you really think this dude is a man of faith? Like, I I don't know. And here I got to I got to include this too right here. This this whole episode was already about to be controversial, so I might as well speak my mind. You know what I'm saying? Hold up, can I uh, can I butt in real quick? Yeah, of course, go for, for it. For the listeners who think that it's controversial to speak against racism, you need to take a hard look at yourself and fix your racist tendencies. Continue, Simon. 
big facts. You're right. And you know what? I'm going to, I haven't talked about it a lot on the podcast, you know, my faith, my religion and whatnot, just because, I mean, we're talking about sports. I, I, I'm sure I've brought it up before. I've definitely recorded a mini series episode before, but that, that hasn't released yet. Be on the lookout on the mini series episode on discrimination in youth sports. But anyways, I'm a Christian. I've always have been, and I'm past the phase where my faith is not my parents' faith. My faith is not something that, you know, I relied on to make friends socially and whatnot. It's something that I sincerely believe is my own thing. And so I, this is going to be something that I already could tell if people are listening to this, they're going to be super offended and they're going to be really mad, but I really don't care. I honestly hold Christians to a much higher standard. Because if you're a part of a faith, if you're a part of a religion, then, you know, I expect you to follow that wholeheartedly. And, you know, everyone talks about fake, fake believers, fake followers of Christ and whatnot. By the way, I am Christian, uh, Protestant, that is. And, you know, I think these protests have really exposed who the real Christians are. Because I'm just going to say this right now. You cannot be racist and Christian at the same time. You cannot be a Christian and not support these protests cannot be a christian and not support black lives matter if you say you are and you not support these things i think you might be lying to yourself because here's the deal i've seen this for a while because i've never been a trump supporter i've always thought he was a clown i thought his morals were always questionable to say the least and if i'm being honest i think a lot of christians sacrifice their own morals and their own beliefs for their political party and that's where they've gone wrong because the thing about religion the thing about christianity is that it's not it's not totally related to a political party or at least it shouldn't be totally connected to a political party that's not how it works the only I guess loyalty we have to should be you know the, the person we worship which is jesus which is god and so if you do not feel that way you do not you know stand up against injustice then in my opinion you're not a christian because jesus god called us here to love and here i got some bible verses for y'all just in case some of y'all ain't believing me and i'm gonna go in order to starting in the old testament uh i'm sorry cody i know you're not a person of religion but i feel like this is something that needs to be said yeah i'm not i'm not stopping you I mean, I got we, we need all the allies that we can get to cause real change. And that includes the Christian community that has a huge influence on politics in America. Yeah. I mean, look, in my opinion, Christianity is all about love, or at least it should be. And there's always been people who hasn't been about that. But more than ever, like I said, it's exposed now. And so starting in Proverbs 31, 8 through 9, uh, by the way, this is the NIV version just because it's the easiest version for me to read or for people to understand without it sounding like old English, if I'm being honest. But basically it says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Uh, speak up and judge fairly, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And I mean, like what else is there to say? <laughs> you know america specifically i mean this isn't just america it's all over the world honestly but america continues to claim to be the land of the free the home of the brave but they have shown their oppressive tendencies towards the african-american community over and over again no matter how many protests that has happened no matter how many riots that have happened and honestly it has not changed and it's 2020 the civil war happened over 100 years ago but people are still being oppressed people of color are still being treated differently 
And, you know, people still don't understand that it's not enough to just not be racist. You got to be anti-racist. Am I right? I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, just I think that a huge problem with a lot of people is, you know, that they're like, oh, well, well, racists are just expressing their freedom of speech. But no. that's ignorant in, in and of itself because their, quote, freedom of speech is really hate speech, first off, that is impeding on the rights and the liberties of other American citizens. And it's not, and then the people who just stand in the middle, you know, that they're really honestly siding with the racists more than anything, in my, in my honest opinion. Very true. You're right. And people love bringing up the, you know, freedom of speech thing and whatnot all the time. But the thing about America is if you're going to bring up freedom of speech, if you're going to bring up things like, you know, this is the land of opportunity, the land, of, you know, all that stuff, all that patriotic stuff, then, you know, you can't you can't be racist, you know, because truly, if it was the land of opportunity, then everyone would have an equal opportunity. Nobody would have to be scared of you know, going out for a jog or being mistaken for something else or being profiled. But that's simply not true. And, you know, the police community consistently has shown that they have not. And don't get me wrong. There are some good cops. But at the same time, if you have cops that are defending the bad cops and covering for them, they're just as bad. But anyways, the police community has shown over and over again that, you know, they can't they can't hold each other accountable because if that was the case, then, you know, things like this wouldn't happen. And Anyways, the, here's the last verse I'll bring up, Acts 5.29. This is kind of out of place, so I'm just going to preface it with this because I know there are plenty of Christians that will probably try to call me out for, you know, taking Bible verses out of place because that's who they are. And uh, yeah, but anyways, uh, basically what's going on uh, in this verse is that the apostles... So this is after Jesus died, but the apostles are trying to like, you know, spread the word, spread the religion and whatnot. And then there are the Pharisees who are low-key, very political, very, uh, you could say conservative as well. I wouldn't say that there's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to go there between connecting them to conservatives of the United States of today, but they were at the time considered very conservative com conservative compared to the followers of Christ. And basically how the verse goes, how Acts 5.29 goes is that it says, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. And so what he's saying is that, you know, we must basically is that we must be doing what's morally right than what is politically right sometimes. And, you know, if I'm being honest, what is morally right? And in this case, as well as politically right, you know, is standing up against racism, standing up against oppression. And, you know, I'm just going to be honest. There are a lot of Christians who love to bring up George Floyd's background as if that cop at the time knew every single thing of George Floyd's history right before he strangled him to death. Like, let's be honest. You know, you, you love to bring up like, well, you don't know all the facts. You don't know his background. You don't know what kind of person he is. But let's be real. Like, let's 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 just be real. Do you think every cop in their mind, in their memory, has a database of every single bad thing a person of color does before they kill them unlawfully? Because the answer is no. And if you think otherwise, then you're an idiot, if I'm just being honest, you know, because that's that's humanly impossible. And if we're being honest, he's acting on his instinct, which is wrong. He's acting on what he probably truly believes in, which is wrong. And 
look, I mean, if I'm being honest, if George Floyd was white, he'd probably still be alive. Period. And I just see way too many Christians, you know, just defending the police way too much and saying things like, and we'll, we'll get to it too, but saying things like, you know, I support the protests, but I don't like the riots and stuff. But what they fail to understand is that, you know, this is a group of people who have been continuously oppressed, who have literally done everything they could from protesting peacefully to even protesting violently. And things don't change because people still die for no reason. And no one's holding them accountable until until they get caught. Yeah. I'm going to respond to a couple of things that you said there, Simon. First off, I'm going to pick out the, you know, what you said about, well, did, did the cop know about George Floyd's history? First off, if you look at video evidence, George Floyd was not resisting arrest, not at the store, not by the car or in custody. So there is no reason to reprehend him the way that he was. Secondly, we have evidence of, you know, even white people who have killed dozens and are taken in peacefully, you know, yes. and I, I think that that's a huge example. I, I'm going to say right now, you know, I am privileged and I have white privilege and people who deny white privilege are either too ignorant to care to learn or are uneducated because white privilege is a real thing. We've we've even seen it this past week in protests. There is a video of two young African-American, I believe they were either college students or college graduates in Atlanta who were, their car windows were broken into, they were pulled out of their car, tased and handcuffed. And right in front of them was a white female who was just waving to the camera. I mean, if you can't see the difference when it's presented right in front of you, there is no helping you and you're racist. You're racist. And by not acknowledging your privilege or, you know, first you have to acknowledge your privilege and then you're supposed to use your privilege to help out your, your fellow citizens, your fellow American citizens and your fellow human beings, because we're, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, Oh, we don't see color, but, but that's where you're wrong is that our system sees color. Our country sees color and our police force sees color. And by saying that you don't see color, you are denying your privilege and you're denying the racism, whether it's systemic or flat out physical here in the United States. That's that's what I wanted to start off with. And then Simon, you brought up another point about the looting and rioting. Now I've seen this quote, so keep in mind, I'm, reference, I'm going to be referencing a bunch of things that I've seen from people who were at protests, there's video evidence of it and have also potentially been confirmed by Associated Press as a news coverage that has been reliable. You know, so I have things to back it up. I count witnesses, you know, I'm not gonna be referencing TMZ here because we've seen that they're unreliable. So just keep that in mind while, while I'm bringing up these examples but this one, this one message that I saw that really moved me was, you know, a lot of people are saying, yeah, the, the murder of people of color is bad, but the looting and rioting needs to stop. And that that's privileged in and of itself to say something like that, because property can be replaced. Business can be replaced. Human lives are fragile and they're not manufactured 
in a factory or by workers, they are unique and they're one of a kind and flat out not replaceable. So I think what people need to be saying, you know, regardless of which we'll get to in a second, who's in charge of these, this looting and rioting is the looting and rioting is bad, but the killing and murder and disrespect and brutality of people of color needs to stop. Yeah, no, 100% agreed. Look, property could be replaced. If I'm being fairly on honest, like, I really don't care about Walmart or Target's property like that. Oh, because they could create another one. Exactly, basically exactly the same. There's not going to be any troubles with that. But, like, you made an excellent point, you know? Human life is not replaceable. Not like that. Not exactly. You know, because you only have one life. Once you take that away, that's, that's it. Oh, you know? and... I, I am disappointed because I have heard from a lot of conservatives, a lot of Christians talking about, well, I, I just don't like the looting and, you know, rioting and stuff like that. Well, look, here's the thing. Like, you gotta, you gotta understand, like, if people have tried it peacefully, but y'all don't listen, people have tried it, you know, even sometimes, like I said, violently, but y'all still don't listen. And I know that because George Floyd died, because Breonna Taylor died, because, you know, people keep taking advantage of people of color if i'm being honest to this day and real quick going back to what you were saying about how you know there were times where there would be white uh mass shooters and they would be basically you know arrested without any force i i got a little i got something that's a little personal with that do you remember the el paso shooting from last year yep yeah so that guy the shooter he is from Oh, okay. I'm not going to say he's from my hometown because I just looked it up on Wikipedia. He says he's from Allen, which is uh, Kyler Murray's hometown, so they could claim him. But he did go to Plano Senior High School, which was the school I have plenty of friends at. And you know what? I I didn't know this dude personally, but I knew of him and I knew of the people that he associated himself with. This dude's always been a racist. That's Straight up, he's always been a racist. Election of Trump just radical radicalized him and people allowed it. If I'm being honest, people allowed it. And so he went, he literally went from his home in Plano, or sorry, Allen, whatever, in the North Texas area. I'm pretty sure nobody knows where those two places are. In the Dallas area, he went from there, drove to El Paso, which is at least a couple hours drive, just to kill some people of color. And when he was apprehended, there was basically no force at all. And then you have someone like George Floyd. And many other, you know, people of color who were defenseless, who were basically not doing anything wrong and were, you know, killed with useless force, with force that was not necessary at all. And so that really, if that doesn't spell out a broken system, then then you're blind to it and you choose to ignore it. Agreed. And, you know, it's comment on to further build off of the looting and rioting. There are Facebook pages that have been created by white supremacist groups to plan, quote, peaceful protests and attract people who are trying to do the right thing only to then be a setup to cause a riot and loot. And then people of color are taking the fall for it. We've seen this across the nation. You know, predominantly there is one that I know of in Northern California, I think just above the San Francisco area where it was a Facebook group that was started by members of a white supremacist group who were basically trying to frame these, the, to, to frame people of color who were there to peacefully protest. There are also examples of, 
you know, I'm going to call them punks because that's what they are, who, you know, they've seen the Joker movie too many times. And they think that these protests are an opportunity to live out their anarchist dreams. So they go downtown or they go to the protest and they start smashing in windows with skateboards and with bricks and such like that. And there are protesters pulling them off and defending these businesses and defending, you know, police officers and such like that. These are people of color who are defending property and people's damage from the actual looters and rioters who are more there to a either frame or b you know just just try and live out their sick twisted dreams of so of sort you know and there's multiple recorded instances of this there is also a video of police in boston staging bricks in easy to, easy to access places you know and a lot of people are like, well, police only shoot back once violence is instigated, you know, but the the tension to push that over the edge is being set up by a the system in place that we have right now, which tear gas isn't even legal in warfare yet a modified version of it is legal on American citizens, which is pathetic and a bad reflection of the system and also you know, it's, it's a setup. It's a setup a lot of the time that you see this looting and rioting. And, you know, as Simon said, even if it's not a setup and it's the oppressed people doing this looting and rioting, they've been pushed to the edge. And they've seen, there's been the, the three deaths that I referenced just in the past few months that did not receive the justice that they deserve. Breonna Taylor's, the, the officers who were on that case still haven't even been charged for murder of Breonna Taylor. It took four days and protesting, not only in the United States, but over in Europe, Australia, to attract the attention of the Minneapolis Police Department and the FBI to do the right thing and let just arrest George Floyd's murderer, let alone the other three associated with him. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. And now, I think so going back to like the, the types of people that are instigating riots and looting and stuff like that. I, I kind of have some, I'm not going to say personal experience. This is what a friend, a couple friends of mine have told me when they went to the protest down in Denver last Saturday. And basically, I'm not going to mention her name because I didn't ask for permission, you know, to use her name and stuff like that. But I'm sure... <laughs> It's safer not to anyway with how much yeah. the government is monitoring, which is another violation of rights, but that's a discussion for another day. It is another discussion for another day. Yeah, anyways, she did say that at the specifically at the beginning of the Denver protest last Saturday, the leaders of the protest literally said over and over again at the beginning, right before it all started, like, hey, like let's keep it peaceful, let's make it about the message. Don't take it away from the message. And as the protest went on, she said that there were groups of white people, basically, you know, no people of color, but white people that she saw that were instigating, you know, uh, things between the protesters and the police. They were looting. They were trying to vandalize and stuff like that. And they were not listening to any of the protesters. You know? Obviously, you know, there were some people who used physical force to make them stop. But it just seemed like that they continued to do it. They continued to instigate. And it, it, she personally was surprised by it. I wasn't. 
she was surprised because she that was like the first time she saw something like that happening in person she's heard rumors about it but it's true you know and this is happening all over the country and it's it's just not fair and like i said it's you know it's people like that people with privilege i should say people with privilege who are taking advantage of people of color during the protesting like just as you know as taking advantage of a racist system as well and a system that's not geared that's to help out you know people of color a system that's not you know truly equal and i think last year i want to say i don't know if you remember this cody but do you remember the botham gene case remind me so this happened in dallas but basically a cop amber geiger she went that's her last name she she was returning home she basically walked into the wrong apartment building she walked into the apartment building like one floor above hers and then she shot a black man to death because she thought he was intruding yep yep i yeah i did i do remember that and you know she i'd say she got off relatively easy too if i remember correctly she only got 10 years but that's not even including potential parole and stuff you know how it goes you know you could get off soon much sooner than 10 years anyways what happened i think this was something that went viral and hey hey the christians and the conservatives love to share this what happened was that botham jean's brother basically like on the stand right after they convicted her i guess or sentenced her he said you know basically said that look i forgive you and i want you to make the best of your life and he did mention this because i watched the video over again that he didn't even want her to go to prison but you know obviously she was and he was you know he was showing compassion for her and at the end they hugged and she was crying and look you know people conservatives specifically and christians shared and were like see this is how you end racism and this is how you know you get rid of 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 a messed up you know system without looting and stuff like that you know and they were going on and on about that but here's the thing because those same people of privilege take advantage of people of color because if that's how you truly get rid of racism then racism would be gone by now it's not because there are there's always going to be people who take advantage of the system there's always going to be people who who will try to get away with it if i'm being honest amber geiger she would she would have loved to get away with it the roles were switched like i I don't know i don't know that's all i'm gonna say i don't know well and i you said you said it best when that's a really privileged thing to to say and it's really ignorant thing to ask of the african-american community is hey would you uh would you or people of color in general hey would you mind just um forgiving us for all the bad things that we've done but would you mind forgiving us for enslaving your ancestors and making them work for free for hundreds of for hundreds of years or will you forgive us for not giving your ancestors any reparations for all the work that they did do because the president that took over after the civil war was a coward and lobbied into not doing it will you for will you forgive us for paying your ancestors pennies on what we made and still do to this day for arguably harder work and for sending them into disasters you know you can Think of other minority groups. I'm thinking specifically of Asian Americans in San Francisco during the gold rush who were sent into, you know, mountainsides with dangerous chemicals and sent to do the work where they would die. You know, will you forgive our ancestors for, will you forgive us for making restaurants separate, for making separate drinking water fountains? Will you forgive us for having 
quote, a few bad apples, end quote, in the legal system who just so happen to basically always target minorities. And even even if they don't always target minorities, because there are white people who are subject to police brutality, you know, I don't understand why people are saying that as a counterpoint to to police brutality against African-Americans. Police brutality of any kind should make you upset because it because it's injustice. If, if you're a morally correct, morally right person, you believe in justice. And that's regardless of what direction it's facing. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that includes ending police brutality. And that especially includes police targeting of people of color. No, you're true. It just goes to show that like they continue to take advantage and they continue to, uh, you know, thrive off of this privilege, off of this system. And enough's enough you know someone's got to be held accountable and look i mean if a couple you know windows or whatever got to be broken so be it you know how about you care about the lives that are at stake because if i'm like oh my god i'm getting so frustrated (laughs) right now here let me let me me, let me roll it back a little bit all right like i said you cannot cannot be a christian a person of faith someone that believes in god in god's creation you know and justify a racist system and justify a bias system oh because it's it doesn't make any sense because you want to talk about equality you want to talk about loving everyone but if you truly loved people of color if you truly loved you know the african-american community and you know you would fight against this injustice you would fight so that they don't have to worry about walking the streets so they don't have to worry about being profiled so that they don't have to you know have all these ridiculous like things happen to them if i'm being honest so that they have equal opportunity opportunity and a couple weeks ago we did talk about the rooney rule i'm not going to talk about it too much in this segment because i know we're going to talk about all of this in relation to sports but you know there is a reason why that rule had to happen it's because this system not just you know the system of this government system like the law and all that but like this system has has dug deep for years now and it's infected sports it's infected everything it's infected the culture uh there are still doubters out there that would rather use the excuse of oh well they're being violent so i feel like i don't owe them anything because i i have privilege and they should know how to act right because because they should that's what that's basically the argument that conservatives and christians have and i'm not gonna lie it makes me mad and there are plenty of christians i'm hey i'm gonna call them out i will be honest you know in the colorado springs area, i'm not gonna use specific names but i know who you are i know that you're going with this movement in quotation marks because you think it's the nice cool thing to do on social media because maybe you feel a little bit of pressure as you rightfully should but you don't actually mean it you know what i got my eye on you i've seen it before i know what fake how should i say this i know what fake activism looks like because i grew up with it how about that and I, i'm iron i'm just gonna bring this up now, there are specific churches here who have you know showed their bias and i've prayed specifically for protesters sorry not pr- protesters sorry they've prayed for uh what is it they've prayed for the police they've prayed for the army they prayed for the national guard and left out protesters altogether and have labeled this whole thing going on this whole movement as a rebellion and feel like that cops should be killing protesters that the army should be putting down these uh protests and riots and whatever you know because they 
you know, they can't see their privilege because they have never actually suffered as the African American African American community has not just you know recently but generationally. And I'm um, and I'm going to respond to that too with you know the hypocrisy that we're facing with with the support of like you said of the militarization of the police force first off you know uh that's a very bright white light example of the systemic problems that we face when police are rolling in gear that you know makes football equipment look unsafe you know i mean the, the, they're holding like captain america shields and you know the amount of tear gas that they have and the amount of pepper st- spray and you know their vehicles i mean it's it creates a separation from an everyday citizen to a police officer you know just 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 by not looking like a normal person they look like uh, something that's sent to destroy something rather than help build or protect something and secondly the hypocrisy of you know people are like oh yeah send the military on him and you know don't solve don't nothing gets solved with violence have you studied american history this country is founded on a violent rebellion that included the destruction of property that include the boston tea party you know we we all bow down to the to the forefathers for doing that but oh lord if a if a poc is doing it well then it's criminal and it's it's treason and it's against this country no no that's how changes happen here in america you know the civil war you know to end slavery that was violent in and of itself so i don't i I really don't see how you could say that while being educated on american history in the first place that grinds my gears pretty good um it's overwhelming the the hypocrisy the privilege and the ignorance that has kept this country basically i mean the, in the same place as 1992, at the very least, with the Rodney King case, you know, more recently, the same place as 2014 with the Ferguson thing. And, you know, there's there's even some civil rights, um, you know, activists from, from the civil rights era in the 1960s who are saying that the America that they see today is even worse than before the 1960s. So take that for what you will. No, I mean, you, you have a point and oh, I, I think people love to be selective. Okay, here, I should say this. American people love to be selective of U.S. history because, you know, I've something I've been seeing a lot lately is that they've been bringing up Martin Luther King Jr. But here here's the thing. First off, if I'm just being honest, if this was back in the 1960s, those same people bringing up Martin Luther King Jr. would not have supported him. Let's get that straight. You wouldn't have supported him. You would have seen him as a radical radicalist. You would have seen him as somebody who was trying to shake the boat a little bit too much, and you would I have mean, mixed feelings about him. I mean, first things first, he was literally assassinated by a white man. So, yes. Yeah, no, you're right. He was assassinated by a white guy. What's and here and here's the history behind that because he was assassinated, right? And then just a couple of days later, you know, the Civil Rights Act of 1968 passed because of riots going on because Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. So let's not get it twisted. The system killed Martin Luther King Jr. The system has targeted, you know, people of color, especially people who have spoken out, 
people like pro you know protesters like martin luther king jr like i just said and they've they've killed him and they've done their best to silence them and this is the system that we're battling against because this is not something that's recent we're if we're just being honest this is something that's been around for over a hundred years then that is generationally built into certain people if i'm being honest the racism and it's it's transformed throughout the years but let's not get it twisted it's still there the only difference is that people try to hide behind fancy words and whatnot to hide the true feelings against people of color against african-american community sorry did you want me to say, did you want me to say something to that or i mean did you have anything to add i'm just um what oh that was the other thing i was going to address actually is black lives matter does not mean that it okay a lot of people you know who you are the all lives matter crowd um you're racist i'm just gonna put it out there black lives matter isn't quote only black lives matter it is simply a statement that the system today including the police system the legal system and other things makes black lives seem like they don't matter so the point of saying black lives matter is to destroy the institutionalized racism that african americans have to face and so oh, by saying no. all lives matter you are dismissing the hardships and troubles that face people of color and that that's that it's not it's not a terroristic threat from from the african american community a lot of people like to say that it's not only black lives matter because that's not that's not the statement flat out it's just saying black lives do in fact matter and this movement is to change the system where black lives do not matter because it's inherently racist yes you're absolutely right and if i'm being honest look you don't have to explain that all lives matter everyone should know that if you don't know that you're probably a psychopath and or okay no sorry if you don't know that you're probably a little kid who doesn't know better if i'm being honest or you're an idiot but if you don't acknowledge that then you're probably maybe a little bit you know i'm not going not going to say it. i'm going to edit out what i just said the psychopath thing but you know you're <laughs> some you you're feeling some if kind you of don't way. realize that all lives matter then you probably think no lives matter but anyways it doesn't need to be like emphasized everyone knows this you know this movement is about you know the african-american community being seg or sorry not segregated against being you know put down continuously by a racist system like you just said cody and i i mean i don't know the media okay i shouldn't say the media but a lot of people probably the right-wing media specifically at fox news you bunch of idiots you keep making up this fake narrative that makes no sense about black lives matter based on a few you know bad apples that might be there and there's a difference here too because i i'll admit there are some people who are radical but there's not an in my opinion there's not enough people radical to change the meaning of a whole movement because the well, fact of the matter is or sorry were you gonna say something well i was just gonna add on that it's hypocritical anyway for them to only choose out the radical ones and then defend the entire police system no you're right i mean yeah that's basically what i was gonna say you know like that it is hypocritical of that it, it doesn't define a movement the only people calling it a terrorist movement or uh, a movement that's not fair are people who are ignorant 
people who don't do their research and if i'm being honest in this age where you have access to all the information in the world you don't have an excuse if you're over the age of 18 for not being informed on a topic you know and look i don't i don't want to get too you know aggressive with this because i do understand that there are some people that legitimately don't know and grow up in communities that brainwash to say the least people uh saying that all these weird different things about these movements about the civil rights movements and whatnot it's just how it always is like i said like it, it's not just a racist system we're fighting against you know this was something that was generational that was passed down from family member to family member and i'm sure there are families out there and people out there who have not known who have been brainwashed their whole life and don't know better and have been told that like hey the things you see about this thing is is false that that is one thing that i'm gonna put out there that's that's kind of cringy as well is you know while while <laughs> you may be lost as to to what to do as as a white person white people we got to do better i see all these kinds of messages where it's like you know my white friend you know from from a person of color my white friend asked me what i could do to fight against racism bro or girl like look it up bro like what don't don't go to your 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 friends of color and ask them hey so don't be like hey i just found out racism is real what should i do about it like grow up you know you be show some accountability you know the same accountability that you ask from these people of color to be on their best behavior all the time but this and and show some more accountability than the police's the cops and the legal system that get away with crimes i'm not sure what the news would be by the time that this episode is out but there still isn't justice for brianna taylor who was shot eight times wrongfully in a house raid and then there is this other statistic brought up by the civil rights activist that i listened to today his name is dre mickison i'm i might have butchered that a little bit but he's a civil rights activist in charge of an organization and you know he he stated that 99% of violent actions taken by police go unprosecuted. 99%. You don't get you don't get that high of a percentage anywhere except for in like hand sanitizer. So, you know, wake up, <laughs> do your research, figure it out. And yeah, I think that's probably all I have to say, I think that sums up all of my initial reactions to this movement. And, you know, my facts and my sources are backed up by real people, unbiased news, uh, and no, wh where it should come from. And Simon, whatever you got left, you know, you go ahead and go for it, sir. No, I got you. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you're you're absolutely right and look if you're if you're somebody who truly doesn't know where to start with your research like come talk to me dm me like i don't mind like explaining it to you if it's actually going to make a difference if you're going to try to dm me just to argue with me well then bro like get out of my face because you're already premeditated on this that you're going to argue with me like you're wasting my time and i don't i don't i personally value my time because i'm a hard worker and if you don't value your own time that's on you you could go ahead and be a bum and do whatever you want um but that's just how that is oh uh, i only really have one more thing about this 
have to address the other people of color, the people of color who are against Black Lives Matter, who are against, uh, should I say this, who are against the protest and whatnot. Look, stop being an Uncle Tom. That's it. Just stop, okay? Look, dude. If you're a person of color and you don't support Black Lives Matter, you don't support protest. Look, I'm just going to say it first off. I haven't really seen any people of color have not supported it, at least on my timeline. And I'm not. I've seen, well, actually, no, that's a lot. I've seen a handful, a couple. But for the most part, I haven't seen a lot. I think the this younger generation, Gen Z, and then, you know, millennials too, kind of, they, they get it. You know, they know what where their morals stand if i'm being honest despite you know religion despite belief despite you know what kind of clique they're in they know what morally is right but there are definitely some people of color and i'm gonna call out i'm gonna call out you know some filipinos as well i'm filipino so i have the right to call you out that don't support this movement and i don't understand why because look you're oh my god Okay, here, I let me, let me get it together. <laughs> I don't know why these people of color who are against Black Lives Matter, these protests, feel like what they're doing, what other people are doing is wrong. Because, look, if it's not, I hear this a lot, like, well, you know, all that racism and segregation and stuff and you know, oppressiveness, that's not my history. That's not my history. I didn't grow up in that age. But here's the thing, like, your ancestors probably did, you idiot. Like, the people, your, like, your own family has probably went through it at one point. They just cho choose to ignore it. And I'm going to be honest. Um, and so this isn't just the Filipinos. This is mostly to all Asian Americans. I mean, I, honestly, this goes out to all people of color. But as an Asian American, I'm speaking to other Asian Americans specifically. Look, people love to bring up how Asians are the model minority. There's a lot wrong with that because already you're basically, basically saying that these people are superior to other people. Like next here, I don't like generalizing like this, but I I gotta generalize in this instance. Probably in America, next to next to Caucasian people. Being probably historically the most racist Asians are right there and that's something not a lot of people know unless you're in the Asian community because they're racist towards each other as well they put each other down as well and this is a culture that needs to be fought because because at least in the Filipino community if you have fairer skin as in if you look more Chinese or Japanese then you're generally you know seen as somebody that's more attractive than somebody who as I mean, this is just me personally. I'm somebody who looks a little bit more of a Pacific Islander type. Like my brothers definitely look like they're more, you know, Asian, sorry, not Asian, Japanese, Chinese, more fair skin, but I have darker skin and, you know, people of darker skin in those Asian countries are generally looked down upon. Like literally look this up. There are moisturizers and lotions that claim to make your skin fairer in those Asian countries. So don't, so when those people come to America, don't act like that culture wasn't already there because there are plenty of people there are plenty of Asian people who experience racism and they don't talk about it because they're like, well, you know, I just got to work hard and earn my keep. But here's the thing, like, look, I'm all for working hard. I'm a hard worker myself. But if you continuously get disrespected by a system that doesn't care about you, 
that uses you against other people of color that really doesn't care about you. If I'm being honest, I don't know how many times I could emphasize that Cody, you kind of already bring brought up some Asian history there about the San Francisco workers, the California workers. Uh, if you don't just, I don't know, like how could you support a system that has taken advantage of us and has pitted us against other people of color? Not to mention the internment camps during the World War II, where they just assumed that any Asian person was an agent of the Japanese. Very true. Or even recently, COVID-19. Like, do you know, I've, look, I've heard my share of people say to me, oh, be careful. I don't want to get COVID from you because I'm Asian. Then maybe they won't say it to my face, but I know they're saying it behind my back <laughs> because I got ears everywhere, fool. I know these things. Look, not going to get it personally to me. You're with me you're not going to get away with racism around me i'm going to find a way to hear it from you and uh, i may not react to it right away but look i i wait on it i've heard stories and i've seen stories and i'm sure the asian community have seen stories of you know people of asian descent getting discriminated against because of this whole covid 19 thing is because of this whole covid 19 thing because you know some people are ignorant my little brother, shout out to Joel Villanos, will probably use some of his, or sorry, Joel Villanos, will probably use some of his um, pictures in the cover art that you will be seeing. He is currently making a documentary. Well, actually, I don't know about the direction of this documentary nowadays, but he was making a documentary about how racism or how COVID-19 played a role in racism towards Asian Americans specifically. So he's interviewed plenty of people. At the same time, he's expanded his interview in light of everything that's happened to, you know, just the, the system against people of color in general. And so he's going to be using footage. Look out for that when it drops. I've seen some trailers to it. Well, I've seen, I've seen drafts to it and I like it a lot. And I think it's very eye-opening. And look, anyways, going back to the, to what I need to talk about. If you're a person of color and you're not supporting other people of color, you, you have privilege. Let's keep it real. If you're a person of color, not supporting other people, you probably have privilege because you probably have other conservative friends. It may not be people of color who are like, oh, well, this and this and this is happening. And this is why this is not justified. And, you know, it just goes to show, you know, look at Obama. He became president. Look at this person. He became successful. Look at a Mike Tomlin uh, or whoever. But the... It's just not a good argument, if I'm being honest, because look at Obama. How many presidents have we had? He's one out of like, what, 40 something like, like, come on, bruh. Come on, bruh. Look, look at, you know, people of color in the sports industry, even like Mike Tomlin. He's like one out of four or no, he's so he's part of four out of like, God, like 32 coaches that don't have a job that has a job i'm like all over the place my fault bro i'm just saying uh, you can't be a person of color or you can be a person of color and support and not support black lives matter but you should because it doesn't matter if it's not your history it's your people and it's your culture and it's the it's the thing that your ancestors probably fought for and fought against whether they acknowledged it or not yep and you know fighting for black lives matter not only are you a fighting for your fellow American citizen, which is, you know, kind of the whole point of this country in its founding was to be the land of opportunity and freedom. And we're seeing a bit of a backtrack on that. And also, you know, supporting this hub sport, just humankind as a whole.
and lifts up other marginalized groups as well. So, I here I'm just going to say this right now: you can't call America, you know, the land of opportunity if there's not equal opportunity. You know, that's a that should be honestly a fake something uh, saying that's 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 fake because it's not true. It's not true. You know, America's a fraud if they if they continue to use that um to use that title because that's just not true yeah anyway anything else anything else simon or honestly look we're all i mean we could we could go on forever we could go on forever yeah we could go on together like the important thing is if you're not educated yet i really hope you don't see this as attack this is against people that are firmly in their beliefs and don't want to see any other way if you're somebody who could be swayed hit any of us like me cody like whoever up you know and get educated or find a way to get started at least like i'm not going to educate you about everything if i'm being honest but i'm going to get you started and i'm gonna help you out because we need people of all races of all cultures and backgrounds to be in on this or else this thing's not going to work if I'm being honest, like these protests and whatnot, they're great. But if nothing changes after this, then we're all going to look like a bunch of clowns. History is going to look at us like that. Agreed. You know, you use your resources. You know, if you need to message me, I can point you in the right direction. This isn't an attack on uneducated people. This is an attack on ignorance. And this is an attack on racism. And this is an attack on the systematic problems here in the united states don't get it twisted these are real accounts of things that are happening these are real prejudices these are real biases racism didn't die in 1865 with the end of the civil war racism didn't die with the end of the civil rights movement it is alive it's well and it's strong as heck and found a way to adapt to our modern society and we need to find a way to snuff it out stomp it out and provide opportunity justice for every american and for every person on this planet yeah no for sure and like look these decisions aren't easy ones to make because like i said this is a system that's been in place forever so if you are somebody on the fence i kind of get it but at the same time you got to do better bro it's 2020 like you got to do better that's just how it is and i mean look 2020 has been a real eventful year and I, okay i gotta i gotta admit this this is kind of funny but i was on tiktok <laughs> it's on tiktok and somebody like made this really cool like trailer of kind of like a documentary style showing of what 2020 is like but in the perspective of somebody looking back like 20 years from now and it's kind of like something they framed it as something that like your future kids would watch you know or your grandparents or grand sorry not grandparents grandchildren whoever relatives the, the future of america kids who aren't born yet and it was itself eye-opening just seeing everything that's went down this year first off you know with the australian fires obviously kobe bryant dying who by the way strongly supported this movement and strongly supported you know taking down police brutality and you know COVID 19 which hasn't gone away yet um, as sad as it is, there's probably going to be a second wave that's going to hit harder than ever. But that, like I said, this is how important this you know subject is. And then finally, these these movements, the movement that is going down right now. So I really want people to take a step back if you need to take a step back because these are tough times. 
it's tough for everyone no matter what race or class you are maybe i, I don't know for a lot of class like i guess you know it's hard for them in different ways but still for most people it's it's tough times you know? but i really want people to take a step back think about the future generations of america or of their own community how about that of their own community think about how they will perceive this year and what you will tell them because of course anybody could lie and be like oh yeah i was with the movement and whatnot uh, truly you weren't so this is basically just for your own honesty for your own you know conscious like what side of history do you want to be on how do you want to be perceived by the future generations of america of of your community that's it agreed and with your mentioning of Kobe Bryant, that's a great segue into our next segment. Coming up, talking about the sports world reaction to this movement. Welcome back to the Cycle 365, episode 35 talking about this movement and Black Lives Mattering. Here's the sports part that I bet a lot of you are here for and had to wait through two segments for and hopefully you learned something from those two segments. But I'm gonna start off with, there is a social media movement of sorts on Tuesday, the second, that'd be, called hashtag Blackout Tuesday, where people organizations the whole lot would post just a black square on their Instagram or Twitter and then you know caption hashtag blackout Tuesday or hashtag black lives matter which I wasn't a huge fan of in the first place if I'm being honest I feel like that was kind of a cheap way out for a lot of people to do the bare minimum in this movement you know I feel like a lot of people if you only have posted a black square during this time uh, you're not doing enough I'm just going to put that out there. And I'm especially going to talk about two sports teams that caught my attention with this move, who both posted a black square. One of those teams being the Washington football team, whose namesake is a racial slur. And, you know, that came off as pretty disingenuine to me, seeing as that, you know, they don't respect the culture of a minority group so why would they claim to respect the movement of another minority group there's definitely some hypocrisy there we love hypocrisy in america by the way it's like the thing to do and secondly the san francisco 49ers also tweeted a black square um for those who don't know Colin Kaepernick was the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers who, and, and I'd even argue the spearheads of blackballing him from the league and started bad quarterbacks in his absence after they just let him go and no team signed him and did not condone his kneeling or support him at the time are now apparently a part quote a part of end quote the black lives matter movement the, those were the two that caught my eye and really am i allowed to say pissed me off is, 
Is yeah, that... you could include it. That really as long as I don't cuss. That really peed me off. There we go. Well, PG, you can edit out the piss. The anyway, really, it upset me because because they're not they're not genuine with their support, and honestly, disingenuous support is just as good, if not worse, than no support at all, in my opinion. Mm, yep, I agree. I mean, I guess look. There's always an opportunity for people to change their minds like like i said we we got to do this thing together but at the same time it is uh they are the ones who initiated it and they were the ones who i'm almost positive definitely blackballed him so it's not a good look and look people who have known me i've been a kaepernick supporter for a while I've been a kaepernick supporter for a while and i'll be honest at first i was like well what is this like what is he protesting like he he grew up with a white family and if i'm being honest i was ignorant and whatnot but i've changed and that was a really long time ago by the way basically that that my mindset changed around that same season i felt that way so you know i've been a supporter for him for a while i've advocated for him for a while cody you've seen me with my kaepernick jersey on right yeah i love it yeah, and hey, you know, shout out to Northern Colorado. I've definitely gotten looks walking around cap campus in a Kaepernick jersey, and I wonder why. Uh, because they're not always friendly looks, if I'm being honest. And, you know, I definitely, like, I don't know how this started. I think it's it was just a force of habit. But I started, like, wearing my Kaepernick jersey there during to my final, to some of my classes, at least my general, like, you know, uh, the LAC classes where like I'll meet many different people or I wear them, you know, at least once a semester, if not more and whatnot. So I've gotten my share of looks and whatnot. And Hey, look, he was right. <laughs> people want to talk about, Oh, he's just selfish. Like he, he's just being a diva and stuff like that. But no, he was standing for a real issue and actually raised real money and encouraged people to do it. And here's the thing. He did it peacefully, but y'all still didn't like that. Honestly, y'all don't like any sort of equality, if I'm being honest, because y'all y'all talk about the rights. Y'all like say, hey, you know, why can't y'all do it peacefully? Kaepernick does it peacefully. You talk about how they're un-American for some reason, which makes no sense because anybody who is born in America is an American at the very least. And a shout out to uh, Sports on Tap. Like four years ago, they did let me write an article called Politics and Sports. It was almost two years ago, actually, exactly. And I did address Kaepernick. I addressed how the NFL has a problem with letting people express themselves and how people people saying that athletes don't deserve to voice their own opinions. I talked about how that was unfair because that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, it really doesn't make any sense and you know i crunched the numbers it was all backed by numbers and you you know because i was saying like look you know they're these athletes are at the top like two percent of all the people who play this sport the world they have a right to say what they want because they've worked hard to get there don't get it twisted they've worked hard to get there you know obviously they have the right to say whatever they want but more than some people they they're top two percent in workforce and they deserve to say what they want they have the ability to say what they want in fact because they have they are established stars and they have influence so why wouldn't you use that influence to be positive in my article i talked about how kids how athletes are consistently you know told that hey you represent your community 
represent your your family and everyone and so you got to be a positive influence you got to represent yourself well so how could you represent yourself well as a professional athlete and not advocate for what is right that's all i gotta say about that so i yeah. i agree on athletes using their platform and we also see this systemic problem you know uh, with a fox news correspondent i'm not gonna say who because i don't want to give them power which speaking of stay tuned for the next segment on ways you can help and I'll give you a small list of people to ignore and destroy their platform because they're misusing it. But this one correspondent for Fox once told LeBron and KD to, quote, shut up and dribble, you know, dismissing their ability to have political opinions. And most recently, when quoted and asked about Drew Brees was stated as saying, quote, he's allowed to have an opinion. So... We can see some issues in that first off. And I just want to talk about Drew Brees for a second, who unfortunately, uh, sheesh. Uh, I'm not sure if he, I'm pretty sure he deleted the Instagram post and the tweet, but he was, I'm going to paraphrase and say, he wasn't a fan of kneeling during the anthem because he thought it was disrespectful to our flag which is the it it's it's what a lot of media wants you to believe they want you to believe that kneeling during the anthem is disrespectful to the flag and you're disgracing the military and people who fought for your freedom and i mean honestly there's a list of other things that are disrespectful to the american flag that we do as a population all the time whether it's wearing it on clothing or holding it a certain way there's, there's a lot of other things that are actually disrespectful to the flag that are publicly, socially, and politically acceptable for the most part. And after Drew Brees said this, you know, he put out an apology a day later after talking with teammates and, you know, he, he apologized. But I wasn't really feeling it. Simon, what were your thoughts on Drew Brees' his little fiasco here? I, I I was really sad if I'm being honest like I've always kind of been a big fan of Drew Brees because he was you know a shorter quarterback he kind of revolutionized the game in that way but I dude like what are you serious like like people were saying that the kneeling protest and stuff like that like for the anthem like those protests people were saying that that was disrespectful to the flag they're hiding behind their how should I say this? They're hiding behind the privilege to a degree, you know, because they're being ignorant. Those are the same people who talk about, well, we got to wait for all the facts. Well, here, here's the facts. You know, it wasn't originally meant to be that way. It really isn't meant to be that way at all. They didn't. Kaepernick didn't say he was disrespecting the flag. None of the players said they were disrespecting the flag. You said they were disrespecting the flag. So that that shows kind of where, you know, that whole preconceived uh motion comes from it because you're already like you're already saying like oh look at these athletes look at these entitled people they don't respect the flag because they don't know true sacrifice first off that's super ignorant all right most conservatives most people of privilege who oppose these kind of protests they will not last one day in the shoes of an african-american or a person of color i guarantee you that even my own experiences and i haven't haven't like talked to my family about it because it's still pretty raw but like i've been you know 
unjustly confronted by the police multiple times. I've had a gun pulled on me for no reason, for stupid reasons. And I'm not going to go into that story because there was another person who did happen to be African-American. And this is his story, too. And if anything, he should be the one telling it. So I'm not going to go into that. But I've had experiences like that. I've been discriminated against. I've had people tell me, you know, throughout my young coaching career, minded, I'm only 21, that I don't have the genetics to be a high school head coach. I don't have the genetics to be a middle school football head coach. And at best, I'm a peewee coach. And that should say enough already because the same people who say that are, I'm going to expose one of them, is on the police force in Colorado Springs and is protected by those people. I'll throw that out there. You know, and just shows that this is a system that's messed up my experiences and what i've had to go through as a person of color most people wouldn't be able to 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 deal with it you know if they're not a person of color if they're not an african-american and i'm not even african-american i can't even imagine what it's like to, to fear for your life basically in the most inconvenient and stupid is like situations so here i'm getting on a rant let's let's get back to to sports well, I, I was just going to comment on what you said about Drew Brees. You know, it was saddening because Drew Brees is a man who's done a lot for the Louisiana community, yeah. you know, which is which has a huge African-American population. He's dental. He's had tons of African-American teammates, you know, and seems like an open minded stand up guy. And those statements in this time after all that the information that we have and all that we have learned just shows, you know, that it was kind of a choice. And for him to turn around and come with a with an apology, you know, it, I I heard that Kamar, Alvin Kamara talked to him and Michael Thomas talked to him and, you know, they educated him. But Drew Brees is is too old for that, to, to be that ignorant. And he's seen too much to be that ignorant. He has seen how Katrina had a larger impact on African-American communities than communities whether he acknowledged or not is another story but he has seen the systemic racism in place and in play and for for him to say something like that just shows you know i guess like a negligence of sorts to accepting new information or be willing to learn and adapt yeah no i absolutely agree honestly absolutely agree with that just because oh you know, like there's no excuse for being ignorant Especially if you're surrounded by a lot of people of color, like there's really no excuse to be ignorant in that case. I'm being honest. And I, I tweeted this out. Like I said, look, I like the guy, uh, but this ain't it. <laughs> no, and I hope that somebody educates him. And I still have, you know, I still have faith that somebody will educate him. That, you know, maybe Kamara or Michael Thomas will educate him. And look, this is not something he's going to understand right away. So don't get it twisted. This apology, in my opinion, isn't something that's sincere. It's something that he had to do because he had to do it. But someday, I do sincerely believe that, you know, he could actually give an apology that he truly believes because he truly believes in the culture. He truly believes in the movement. And I think that's possible for, honestly, all people. You just got to be open-minded. And I feel like Drew Brees is the type of person to be open-minded enough. I, I agree. And I agree with the apology, you know. I feel like it's more of a... A sorry out of you know necessity that you know the, because of the backlash more than anything um and i i don't feel it 
being sincere, but I can sense that it, there's potential for it to become sincere because you're right. You can't learn that in one, you can't learn a, a oppression and, and fully understand the consequences of your actions in one day. I really, especially, you know, Drew Brees is 40 years old and he said what he said. So that's 40 years of that thought programmed into his mind about respect for the flag. Yeah, no, I mean, completely agreed. But look, there's there's still a chance, you know. I, I you, you just gotta see. I mean, like I said, there are definitely there are definitely people in the league that I would see that would be less, you know, receptive of, you know, actually learning about the movement. And look, I don't blame you if you don't know the whole history of the movement or everything about oppression in one day. Like that's not a realistic expectation. But I do hold you accountable for is if you make an effort to learn it over time and that's okay you know it's okay if you don't know everything right away that's okay as long as you get there and you try because there are definitely some people coaches honestly specifically that i really don't think will change look i know this one's gonna hurt for you cody i'm pretty sure you've seen this but the broncos head coach of vic fangio said something that was pretty stupid e in my he, well he did he basically said he that did. he hasn't seen racism or discrimination in the nfl want to address that cody because it's your coach <laughs> i mean i'm pretty ashamed of it you know uh man he goofed pretty bad on that one and yeah. you know he he clarified later but it's really hard to take back something that came off so arrogant especially since in his time in the nfl he's witnessed the kaepernick thing oh you know, well, he, he was a defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Yeah. So, you know, and he firsthand saw what Kaepernick did to the NFL. Like, Kaepernick was a freak and took the Niners to a Super Bowl. No one ever forget that. You know, it was it was a combination of his legs and arm that that got the 49ers to a Super Bowl, you know, and and got them an NFC championship. So he's he's seen firsthand Kaepernick's talents, and he's also seen whether he was on the Niners or not during the blackballing, he's seen what the NFL has done. So that was definitely, you know, flag on the play, unnecessary ignorance on Vic Fangio. Yeah. Um, you know, and honestly, I was way happier with what Von Miller had to say in regards to this movement. So if, if Broncos fans look to Von Miller as an example, not Vic Fangio. <laughs> yeah. And, Look, man, like like I said, I want to be optimistic. Um, I want to be optimistic, but Vic Fangio is one of the older coaches in the league, and I'm just being honest. Like, for me, at least, it's just really hard to see his old age and how set in his ways he kind of just seems to be that he adopts, like, the uh, should I say this, the knowledge of this movement, the reasoning behind this movement, the reasoning or just or honestly just adopts reality if i'm being honest oh you know? and i mean i don't know you know it's hard to see him adopt i could definitely see like younger people like drew Brees adopted sooner than older people who have been stuck in their ways for as long as vic fangio has been because he is one of the older head coaches in the league simon is this the the organization that you told me you wanted to talk about before the segment the what the broncos Oh no! Sorry, I oh, had one okay. more. Can I here? I, can I talk about this one last one? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I was like, because he said that, and I was like, I was like, I was like, man, let let Vaughn Miller represent the Broncos, not Vic Fan. I, I, I do not condone what Vic Fangio said. I do yeah. support Vaughn Miller's stance and his activism as well, and you know, he's had a positive impact in not only Amer African American communities, but also in African communities and such like that. So let Vaughn Miller be the um, activist representative of the Denver Broncos, please. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, but before we continue on, uh, as you know, we're already on the, we're already in rhythm of calling out racist. So I might as well continue it with uh, James Dolan, the Knicks owner. No surprises here. No surprises at all. Uh, there's a reason nobody likes playing for this dude. A lot of reasons, actually. But basically, look, I'm okay. I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to find the actual statement he made, but I think it's just the fact that he did not make a statement at all regarding George Floyd. And that's a problem because he justified that saying that like he wasn't in the right position to to make a statement. And that's a big problem for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have look, I don't want to go off too much on, on a, you know, on a guess because I don't have the exact facts right in front of me. But he basically just said that, you know, like he, he didn't feel like he it was in his position to say anything as a as a defense for not saying anything about the protest or George Floyd. So, I don't know. In my opinion, he... Well, look, if I'm just being honest, I never liked the dude. This was the same dude who wanted to continue to play the basketball season as a, the COVID-19 outbreak happened. So, this isn't surprising at all. Like, it's not surprising that this dude is probably racist, if I'm being honest. Like, let's, let's not get it twisted. Don't forget that one time he basically had Spike Lee kicked out of Madison Square Garden because he wouldn't let him go through the same entrance he's been going through for decades now. So there's that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't have much to say about him. Here's I've never the, liked the dude. Here's the quote is, quote, not more qualified than anyone else to offer our opinion on social matters. That, that's what it, it that's that's all it was for madison square garden company so he's also the owner of the rangers keep in mind which it was like the only team in the nhl to not release a statement as well condemning oh. racism and then you could tell that he knew that he messed up because 24 hours later there is a follow-up memo saying that the company condemns racism oh they don't <laughs> oh they don't <laughs> To be honest, they don't. If if that's what your leaders say, if that's how your leader reacts, then you don't. And and it was after criticism too. I'm pretty sure of the, of that 24 hours. I, 24 hours is a long time to read the room, which he misread pretty bad in the first place. And like you said, James Dolan has a pretty sus history. So yeah um the knicks aren't gonna be good anytime soon i think everyone knew that but if i'm being honest i'm looking at people of well basically most of the knicks squad you know african americans i don't see them wanting to be with the new york knicks any longer i don't see any big time free agents unless they're super desperate wanting to be part of the new york knicks any longer and that's just how it's going to be because James Dolan is not a good person. He's probably the worst sports owner in, in sports right now. Pretty bad. Yeah, but anyways, we could 
don't know. How about, how about we move on to I guess, some positives? How about that? Well, I want to call out one more person. Okay, one more quarterback. Go for it. One, one more quarterback in the NFL. That being Jake Fromm. Uh, Almost so, forgot about it. Yeah, we don't let him slip up here. So Jake Fromm, he released an apology today um, from his notepad, which, you know, I've heard some other people on podcasts. We're going to just name drop the ball girls pod. Talk about how kind of insincere, just like a quick notepad apology looks, you know, just type it out on your phone and send it. But, you know, he, he apologized today after, you know, being exposed on Twitter from a text message chain with, um, I, I believe it's with a Ashley MP20 on Twitter is the source, uh, according to this photo. And um, he's quoted as saying, quote, but no, guns are good. They need to let me get suppressors. Just make them very expensive so only elite white people can get them. Ha ha. End quote. <sighs> okay. So, do you want to... You should react to it first. <sighs> Jake from... How dare you, first off, at the cycle, we have... We have been praising you for so long. And then you're going to say only elite white people can get something because of the price tag on something like that. That's one of the most blatantly racist things that I've heard, like publicly released J just especially because it's in reference to the system too. You're implying that minorities can't afford things. You're implying that there's no such thing as a successful black man. And there's no such thi thing as a successful person of color, one that can afford you know, to defend themselves and make use of the Second Amendment to its full ex fullest extent. And it's just, it's super arrogant and honestly so frustrating. And it, he only apologized because he was caught. He only apologized because he was caught. And and because the Bills, the Bills were thinking about cutting him. Like, Yikes. yeah, so that's, that's my reaction. Um, and I, I just think it's funny that, you know, Jake from the fifth round draft pick is using the word elite. So. Yeah. I, dude, oh, come on, man. Why is Jake from the way? How should I start this? I. Jake from was somebody that I used to respect a lot. No, um, I mean, because we look, I, I've brought this up a billion times, you know, with that first show, uh, QB1 under the lights. I was pretty impressed by his character, I thought he was great to this day, honestly, even with the racism, like leadership wise, as somebody who could relate to other people and just be a genuine guy. At least I thought he was a genuine guy, or maybe he's just a really good actor. I thought he was great, and so this ruined it for me, like like why 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 would you feel why i don't know i don't know i don't know why he would do this I, well no i do know why it's because he's racist it's because you know he comes from a southern family like it's not 
out of the ordinary i already brought this up the whole generational thing this uh i mean I'm, I'm just being honest you know it exists if you don't think it exists then you probably haven't experienced it like i have so um what up generational racism not being like a racist generationally that's what i meant so yeah i don't know i'm extremely disappointed i don't think he's gonna get i don't know i'm sure there's gonna be an, an nfl team that picks him up you know how they love their white quarterbacks i mean that's just how it is i the nfl is also the least at progressive nathan huh? at nathan peterman that too ironically the buffalo bills love drafting not gonna go there it is what it is um i don't know i'm just disappointed like if he wasn't in the nfl like if he was in the nba or a more progressive league he probably wouldn't get away with it i do think he's gonna get away with it probably and there's nothing we could do so i mean i guess we could protest and stuff but i mean people don't like that either yeah it's definitely it's disappointing and the worst part is that it's not at all unexpected yeah Hey, it is what it is. Look, I mean, there's. It just goes to show you never know about about people around you and their true intentions. You know, that's why we gotta be. We gotta be active. It's not enough just to not be racist. You gotta be anti-racist. Like the whole purpose of this movement is to kill that racist culture. To kill the racist culture. That's it. Um, and not. Okay, hold up. Let me preface that. Not by a violent way, but you know, voting out people. Who have had racist tendencies putting in new blood into our governments and into our local you know uh communities and whatnot because those are the people who can make the biggest changes if i'm being honest obviously we have the power to vote and oh, we got to use that power right like this is an election year that we can't get wrong if I, we can't get this election year wrong if donald trump gets re-elected again like i i don't know what to do well hopefully hopefully it doesn't get to that um you know i mean he did threaten the military uh, against the u.s population which you know by the way while we're just on this uh this topic of you know political stuff um you know i am pretty blue but i do i do believe in the second amendment for this exact reason where the president has or had essentially threatened to wage war on the United States and the citizens that he's supposed to protect and serve. So, you know, just stay safe, be smart, and uh, use your rights for their intended purpose. So, yeah. Um, let, let's let's move on to some positivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's, let's get to some positive stuff. Simon, you, you want to start it off? Yeah, sure. Um, so I, I mentioned Kobe Bryant earlier. I don't know if this still stands, but I did hear, like, feel free to call me out if I'm wrong on this, but I did hear that certain places that had Kobe Bryant murals uh, painted on them haven't been looted, and murals of Kobe have not been touched at all, which shows a lot for what he did for, you know, the African-American community, for people of color in general, if I'm being honest. I mean, am I, am I right or am I wrong? I don't know if you know that for sure or or what. The first thing that I saw was from BuzzFeed, and I'm not a huge, uh, I'm not a huge BuzzFeed uh, believer, but that is a headline that is out there. 
Um, yeah, that. Here, let me let me see if I can find a different source because I, <laughs> I don't think uh, BuzzFeed is super reliable. Okay, okay. There's there's a there's a few sources from different angles that are all saying the same thing. Yeah. That um, the the murals have been untouched. Because yeah, I've heard this, I heard this pretty early on in the protests, like early last week. Wasn't sure if that was still the case because a week, you know, a week's a lot of time, so you, you never know. But I mean, honestly, that's touching because it just goes to show how much one person, how hey, how an athlete, how an athlete can impact a whole community by using their platform like he has, you know, or like he did, sadly. And I, I mean, look, we need we need athletes to stand up for people of color. We need athletes and celebrities to stand up for injustice. And I think it's completely idiotic for people to to not support that because it's positivity that they're promoting. Yeah, and and uh, you know we've seen a lot more athletes stand up, and you know there's there's a lot of athletes that didn't kneel with with Kaepernick when he was doing it, who who have basically made a promise to kneel, you know should should. Uh, should the season come around and and to make a contribution to positive change and um you know one, one of my i talked about it a little bit earlier uh this is just a part of the quote from von miller but it was a quote if you consider yourself an ally it's time to have tough conversations with your fellow man because the responsibility of deconstructing bigotry doesn't fall on those burdened by it end quote so you know what he's saying as you know, what he's saying is, you know, basically, if you have privilege, you need to use it to help out those who are oppressed. So, you know, he's, he's saying to his fellow athletes who have a, a wealth of money and privilege to contribute towards positive cause. He's telling, you know, people like me who who are white to use their privilege to advocate for the advancement of, you know, justice for people of color in the society. And, you know, he's advocating for anybody who can do something to do something. And that it's not just the responsibility of those who have to deal with it to have to fix the system. And it kind of reminds me of the quote that I'm paraphrasing, but it's like, they came for blah, blah, blah. And I, and I watched them take it, you know, and, they came for my neighbors and I watched them go. And when they came for me, there was no one there. So that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from it, you know, is we're all in this together. And that's tr true, first off. And, you know, uh, I appreciate and respect Vaughn's way of putting it. He didn't cut it short, you know, it was pretty long and is pretty powerful, in my opinion. No, for sure. I mean, that's awesome. All right. Uh, do you want me to... I don't have a whole ton. Sadly, I don't have a whole ton of, uh, you know, examples just because, I mean, there's a lot of athletes out there that are advocating that are putting out really good stuff. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it does kind of all blend in, which sucks, but you know, there's a lot of good out there, which is what matters. And I'm, I'm somebody who probably focuses more on my own teams and what they put out. If I'm being honest, just because there is a lot out there. So my Dallas Mavericks, I'm, I mean, I'm proud to say I've done a lot for the Dallas community. Even before this, they've always done a lot. Mark Cuban, you know, he's he's done wonders for not only the Dallas economy, but like the cities around Dallas, like 
supporting programs for underprivileged kids and and whatnot and you know mark cuban has definitely been somebody who know he's he's always supported the movement and he acknowledges he's been acknowledging his privilege even when people hate on him because it is texas don't get it twisted you know some people there are very ignorant so there you go but it was good to see i mean i i saw this it, i don't know how long ago it was i mean obviously it was within the last week i saw you know pictures of mark cuban a couple of the mavericks players um i mean i i think all of them have spoken out on it there's no like somebody who's completely ignorant i saw a couple mavericks players that just happened to be in texas and dallas at the time with mark cuban you know walking with protesters you know and i i'm, I'm gonna give some of those players their due i saw jalen brunson dwight powell those are the two that i saw for sure maxi kleba um and it was good seeing them go out there because that just shows the culture of the dallas mavericks and you know what mark cuban has been building there you know supporting these protests supporting um you know change and mark cuban did say like look there's no quick fix to racism and the system like that's and that's facts though like there's not going to be a quick fix there's not going to be a singular law or laws that changes everything you know systematic racism is something that he said um you know it's not going to go away right away but he did acknowledge that white people and people of privilege need to change you know they need to change how they're thinking they got to be open you know this isn't about people who are informed it's about people who are uninformed who are opposed to to being progressive and that's a problem and so i don't know as a mavericks fan i am proud of the dallas mavericks for what they've done for our sorry i keep saying our community i don't live in dallas anymore but for the dallas community and whatnot uh and you know supporting people of color supporting black lives matter i agree and you know i've even seen uh yeah we've seen it all over the nation but the particular images that i saw were jr smith and jordan clarkson being a part of the protest in los angeles you know, so we've seen examples of that. And I also just want to give out a shout out to Ben and Jerry's who, you know, they they have supported Black Lives Matter since basically Black Lives Matter began, first off. So they, they've been here day one and their statement said silence is not an option. And they they came they came swinging uh, against racism and against the oppressive system and said that it was inexcusable and that justice needs to be obtained. So shout out to Ben and Jerry's for also being a positive mark. And see, th th there's a bunch of examples. I want to thank the media who is respectfully and accurately reporting on what's going on on the streets. They're not skewing it. They're not, you know, focusing on the looting and the rioting and not focusing on what the cause is and being victims of oversight. The ones who are on the front lines, showing the peaceful protests, putting together compilations, promoting, promoting, petitioning, promoting, donating, promoting charities, all this stuff. And those who are putting their lives on the line and their reputation because there are journalists who they show credentials because they're allowed to be there past curfew and they're getting arrested. They're getting shot with rubber bullets in the eye and they're becoming permanently blind in one eye. Journalists who are accurately and fairly reporting for the people to the people. I want to give you a shout out for reinforcing justice and <clears throat> excuse me, as well as the 
you know, the everyday citizens who are, you know, getting their journalistic approaches on, you know, try not to get the faces of protesters just because we want to protect the privacy of people, but the people who are recording police brutality at these protests against police brutality. You know, we live in such a different age in social media, and I think that's part of this huge change. I mean, think about it. The video of Ahmad had huge implications, and the video of George Floyd is what pushed people over the edge, you know? And there's more videos. I talked about the one of the college kids in Atlanta, you know? And th there's whole threads on Twitter of people who are at these protests, and they record police brutality or wrongful arrests or... I mean, there is one cop vehicle that, you know, did a drive-by with rubber bullets on protesters. Like, we need to have this documented and submit it to the FBI for internal investigations. And we need it as proof that police brutality is real and it's way too common. And it's an infringement on the First Amendment here in America with the, the way that they're doing it. And I just want to give a shout out to all those people who are protesting. You're really brave and uh, keep staying strong. We can, we can do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, like, like all the power to them because it is, I'm not going to lie. It's a scary time and I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty vulnerable here. You know, like I, my mental health has been trash and it's because I've, like I said, I've had experiences with the police experiences with, uh, with racist people, you know, and the system that, know that honestly i experienced pretty pretty recently if i'm being honest like it hasn't even been a year you know it really hasn't even been a year and i've you know i've, I've done my time to work on that and whatnot but it's tough for me personally to go out to protest and whatnot because that's just me not like i'm putting myself in a really bad spot already in a bad spot as is so just imagine you know and that's not a safe spot for me for somebody to not be completely there because if I'm being honest with how crazy things are, if you're going to a protest, you you kind of need to be completely there. You can't be distracted because it is dangerous times. So, you know, I have all the respect for the protesters who are going out there. I have all respect for the people who are going out and protesting for, honestly, for people like me. Like I said, my experiences aren't even that bad you know, compared to others. Not at all. So, like, this goes out to all the people who are going out and protesting for people who are honestly in a bad mental spot and don't feel comfortable, you know, going out and face going face to face with police officers who probably abused them in the past and nobody talked about it because they got protected by their own government and by their own department. So, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't really sure. Um, other than just reaffirming that, you know, that's OK, too. You know, and the important thing is to just do whatever you can, however you can. And Simon, if you don't have anything else to say, I think that's a pretty good segue into the next segment. Yes, let's do it. Coming up, how can you help? y'all welcome back to the last segment of this episode of the cycle 365 this is episode 35 recorded on june 4th 2020 so if there is anything that happens between now and whenever this is posted just keep that in mind right, we want to we're here to talk about some resources personally 
Look, I was blessed to have a lot of friends who share a bunch of resources. So I really don't have to go out and look for a bunch of resources. If, if I'm being honest, you know, cause I've had so many people send me petitions, you know, links where we could email, you know, different police departments, you know, your representatives, stuff like that. And you know, it doesn't take a long time to sign them. Cause I just do it. You could do it from your phone. You could do it from wherever, if I'm being honest. And, uh, here, here's another thing that I do as well. You know, it's really easy to do. Just search up, you know, hashtag black lives matter, either on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, go to the black lives matter, uh, website as well. And there are plenty of resources there. Uh, if you somehow haven't found resources on social media, honestly, look, there's, there's a lot we could do. There's a lot we could do personally. I'm somebody who really believes in in local government and changing that first and then working our way up because you know your community is your community you gotta fight for your community first off and for the you know for the african americans for the people of color in your community that's that's just my belief so uh yeah and it, hey it just helps spreading you know spreading information knowledge is power especially nowadays knowledge is power so yeah, Cody, did you have, I know you have a couple of sources that are probably way more solid than, you know, my advice. So why don't you go ahead and uh, say those? Well, I'm going to echo your sentiment first on the local level. Uh, believe it or not, a lot of funding for local police stations comes from the local community. So vote up in your local community, vote in for new DAs, district attorneys, vote in, use your vote for police chiefs, for fire chiefs, for all of the law enforcement and safety and put people in power who not only make you feel safe, but help your community feel safe. That is one of the biggest starting points. And one resource that you can use for that is a resource that is first off emphasized by DeRay Mekison. It's the police use of force project, you know, which talks about eight policies that help reduce violence specifically police violence and police brutality now these eight policies that not every city actually does and and you can find these resources on useofforceproject.org you know these eight policies include failing to require officers to de-escalate situations um they also include uh prohibiting the use of choking or strangling which you know we we see how relevant that is we, it requires other officers to intervene and stop the use of excessive force. So if one officer sees another officer using excessive force, they're also held liable, kind of like what we're seeing with the four police officers from Minneapolis charged with. And then also not allowing officers to shoot at moving vehicles because we can see that that can be a problem. There are maneuvers that police have for getaways and for chases that are non-lethal. And then there are other other steps included. You know, I'm going to let you guys do the research on that. And on this website, they actually have a list of cities and what policies they have and whether they've been updated or not in the past few years. These also, if you look up the eight policies.org, I believe, then there's also a list where you can find your city, 8cantwait.org. That's the name of it. It stands for the same things. And the data proves that these eight policies combined reduce police violence by 72%. And you can look up your city 
and you can get the number to those who are in charge. So for example, I'm gonna go for my hometown of Aurora, Colorado, and the only things that they have here is duty to intervene, ban firing at moving vehicles, comprehensive reporting, exhausting other means before shooting and has use of force continuum, but it doesn't have the ban against chokeholds or strangleholds and it doesn't require de-escalation and it doesn't require warning before shooting. So it pulls up the mayor of Aurora, it gives you the phone number, it gives you the email and it gives you the Twitter if they have it in any uses of social media and you can reach all of them there. You gotta overwhelm the people who are in charge, especially at the local level to force local change, which then in turn has a domino effect for national change. Another resource that you can look at for uh, another ton of resources is Black Lives Matter. You know, they have their mission statement, they have what they're about, they have their chapters, they have donations, they have programs, they have news. And, you know, I think it's a great place to get educated as to what Black, Black Lives Matters actually means and, you know, the effects that it can have on the world. There are a few other resources. Obviously you can go to change.org and find a ton of resources on, on petitions. Now keep in mind, I do recommend only sign the petitions and share the petitions. Do not donate to change.org. They are a for-profit organization. If you want to actually donate to families who are in need of help, go to GoFundMe. That's a great website where you can find the family of Breonna Taylor, the family of George Floyd, the family of Maude Arbery, and you can help them out with any income that they may be missing because George Floyd was a father. He was raising a little girl. So money for that, that is heavily donated to. If you donate to Breonna Taylor, I'm pretty sure it goes to her sisters and also helps out with any legal battles that they will be facing and they will need the help to get the justice that they deserve. Now there's a ton of other petitions that you can find such as the justice for emerald black the fire jared campbell justice for ahmaud arbery you know there's there's a ton justice for brianna taylor and other petitions on change.org that you can find once again don't donate to change.org they're for profit but they're a great place to you know if you're at home and this is especially prevalent with COVID-19 and you can't go out and protest, then do what you can from home and share these petitions and spread the word. There's tons of places on Twitter where you can find threads of these. There's also petitions and charities that you can donate to for African-American or people of color in the LGBTQ plus community because it's also Pride Month. So happy Pride Month from the Cycle 365. It's kind of gotten little bit lost in the shuffle but we can't forget about that community either that is also experienced oppression especially at the hands of the law and the legal system so and we will try our best to set up a cumulative sort of link set of links and try and share that um let's see what else do we got here well there's also uh there's a something called the medium.com and they have an article titled 75 things white people could do for racial justice, but it doesn't only have to be white people. It could be anybody. And this includes lists where 
you know, you write letters to your local offices so you can get more body cams on police officers and, you know, require actual punishments for for the law. So th there's there's tons of things you can do. And I just want to, oh yeah, if you're going to protests, you know, it, it's still, like, as I said, COVID-19 is still prevalent. Wear masks to keep yourself and others safe from COVID. And it's also recommended to wear sunglasses or a hat to not be able to be facially identified. And, you know, to support the movement, try your best to wear all black, but it's also going to be hot. So bring a backpack and pack lots of water and lots of snacks. And, you know, maybe even medical supplies or more food. There's, there's tons of lists. There's tons of resources out there that will hit the nail on the head of what I haven't been able to say, but I do recommend being safe, you know, um, bring portable chargers, try not to also bring hand sanitizer. If you can find that some saline ibuprofen, if you have goggles, go ahead and try and do that. Don't wear any identifying brands or signature stuff if you don't want to be identified. You know, and if you want to bring signs, make sure that they're inclusive, progressive, and know, know why you're going to a protest. Don't, Simon said it earlier, don't go to a protest for Instagram clout. That doesn't, that doesn't help anybody. Go to a protest because you believe in reform in the legal system you go to a protest to advocate against police brutality and go to a protest to promote racial equality here in the United States and in the world. And that, I think that does it for a lot of the lists that I have. Yeah. Um, I had some, is it okay if I share something? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, so I, I myself, I'm an educator. I'm a physical educator. So shout out to, well, here, I'm not going to drop her name. Shout out to my friend. She posted some really good stuff or, and they're books that we could use as educators. So this is more towards my educators. Actually, maybe some parents too, that can be used to, you know, discuss racism with kids because this is a topic that's not easy to discuss with kids. There's a lot of topics that's happened so far this year that are not easy to discuss with kids. Um, it, we're we're lucky that this is something that, okay, maybe not lucky that it's been going on forever, but it's been going on long enough where there are enough resources that help you know have this discussion with kids and and with students. And so I'm just gonna name a couple of these. I've read some of these too uh, as a kid. One of them is called Shining Star by Paula Yu and Lin Wang, the anime Wong story. Uh, for those of you who don't know, anime Wong was a very influential Asian American actor. Uh, I'll be honest, I first heard about her story from the Netflix show Hollywood, which actually covers a lot of things about race, about diversity, you know, in Hollywood in those early 60s and 50s. Just to preface it, though, it's not completely accurate. It's sadly, it's a little bit idolized in some ways. Like, there are some very ideal situations that I wish happened, but definitely did not happen like it should have. So there's that. Anyways, that's I'm I'm going I'm getting sidetracked. Another one is Ruby Bridges Goes to School, my true story by Ruby Bridges herself. You know there are a couple books from her as well. And then and finally, this is a book that I've read or I'm pretty sure I've read, but it's called The Voice of Freedom, 
uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, Hammer, I want to say so. But, you know, these are just a couple books that we could use as educators to, you know, help educate our you know, students and whatnot. And this is just a quick message to all of them. Look, it's, it's important to talk about discrimination and racism with your students. If you're a teacher, it's especially important if you're a coach. Just because this is has this has always been my opinion that you know teachers and coaches they have so much influence they have more influence than a lot of people if I'm being honest there are definitely days where they see kids probably more than their own parents see them during the school year so this is why it's important to educate them and to be to be proactive and and you know really really help this next generation of Americans of citizens of their of you know the, your community you know learn and do better than what been our generation has done or past generations has done you know they're the future so now more than ever it's important to educate those those kids because they're they're very what's the word um no kids are definitely more impressionable than grown adults or even teenagers so this is a conversation that needs to happen as a person of color i'm definitely going to have these conversations with with my students if i'm being honest you know because this is something that's important it needs to happen like there are definitely people who are stuck in their ways so it's up to us as educators to to find a way to to get those people out of power by empowering our own students with the knowledge of of racism of you know of this racist system and you know giving them ways for our students to to fight that going up and Simon, your emphasis on books kind of gave me a second wind to find some more resources that I had, you know, um, th this is a list of books from goodblacknews.org. They also have lists of other things that you can donate to and other petitions you can sign. But part of this list is The Ballad or the Bullet by Malcolm X, Martin and Malcolm by James Baldwin, Are Prisons Obsolete by Angela Davis, The Master's Tools Will Never Dismantle the Master's House, no Place for Self-Pity, No Room for Fear by Toni Morrison. Why I Won't Vote by W.E.B. Du Bois. The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, as well as a list of many more that you can find. And once again, if you Google or Yahoo or Bing, we don't discriminate against search engines here. If you just look up protest options or list of links, goodblacknews.org, it will lead you to this same website and it might even be updated. You know, you can also donate to Black Lives Matter or the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. That's really huge to, you know, towards the road of educating people about the institutional, you know, problems in the United States. There's also Reclaim the Block donation. And there's also, you know, Hands Up Act petition and justice for Tony McDade. And there's also this update that the Minnesota Freedom Fund, the Brooklyn Community Bail Fund, the North Star Health Collective, and the NYC Bail Fund, they have received overwhelming donations and they are good. And they recommend those, so those four organizations recommend donating to Black Visions Collective, Campaign Zero, Innocence Project, Communities United Against Pro Police Brutality. Yeah, kind of butchered that a little bit. No New Jails, NYC, Know Your Rights Camp, Committee to Protect Journalists, and Black Lives Matter. There's also a, there's also a planned, um, I want to get the name right, so just give me a second here. Uh, July 7th is supposed to be a blackout day where you don't spend any money 
And this is a stand on, you know, the big businesses that haven't done anything to help against systemic racism. And it's projected that the country will lose $11 billion for every day that you don't spend money. So if we, the more people that we get to participate in July 7th, the blackout day, the more that we can get corporations to listen to us who are so fond of promoting, you know, these police unions that don't really hold police accountable for their actions. So, you know, there's ways to financially hurt people. There's ways of voting with your dollar. You know, uh, Simon said that there's a no an election coming up in November. Some states have elections sooner for local representation, but some of the largest donors for Donald Trump comes from the WWE, the UFC, the Jaguars, the Patriots, the Texans, the Browns, the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the Braves, Angels, the Jets, the Red, the Washington football team, the Houston Rockets, and the Miami Dolphins. You know, these are owners or big time sharers who donate large to Donald Trump's, you know, campaign. And there's also PayPal, VaynerMedia, Marvel Entertainment. Good thing there's no new movies out. And it looks like I won't be watching too much more, you know, until Donald Trump is out of office, in my opinion. Formula One. There's also apps and fitness so or clothing. So L.L. Bean, New Balance. Their CEO is a huge donor. So, you know, just ignore New Balance like you always do and buy something like Nike, who actually supports the people. Versace. Versace? And I'm too oh. I'm too poor Versace. to know Versace, all right. I'm, I'm too <laughs> I'm too poor to know how to say Versace, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I guess buy Gucci instead. Um Airbnb, Lyft, you know, there's also Home Depot, U-Haul, they contribute huge, and then there's food companies. So Wendy's, unfortunately, their chairman puts a lot of money towards Donald Trump's campaign, Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell, McDonald's. Looks like I'm going to be eating at Burger King now because that's that's the only fast food place not on this list. But, you know, signing petitions, donating money, voting with your dollar by not spending your dollar where you don't want it to go. You know, keeping the keeping the money where it needs to stay voting, 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 get registered to vote. If you don't know how, literally just look it up. There's also acts that go beyond even this about, you know, helping strengthen police unions that we need to try and shoot down. And there's other acts in regards to, you know, how to control the system. And we gotta, we gotta hit it from both sides. We have to hit it within the system and on the outside coming into the system. So there's plenty of things to do. There's no excuse for standing idle during this social revolution and this civil rights movement that has become the biggest in the world because all 50 states have participated in protests and all over Europe. There's protests in France, Spain, Britain, or England. I'm not really sure what the difference is. <laughs> um, Canada, you know, the protests are everywhere and they're on the side of justice, racial equality, and the destruction of police brutality. Yeah, no, 100% agreed. Hey, uh, real quick, shout out to my, this kind of sounds weird saying pen pal, because I'm pretty sure no one has a pen pal anymore. But shout out to my old pen pal in Italy, 
um sarah for for supporting the the movement for sure this is truly an international movement we'll take everyone because it's gonna take as many people as possible to change the system it's not gonna be something that's done overnight so i mean oh, the Amish, even even the amish are protesting against yes. racial injustice and they don't they don't have technology and they they know what's real from word on the street so wake up yeah. uh, did you have any final remarks uh i believe i uh summarized it pretty good there you know there's <clears throat> but we have given you a ton of resources there's a ton of resources out there there's people who are willing to help you you know you can also call a lot of places but Reach out to your local representation and change the system from the inside and from the outside. It's going to take everybody and, you know, it's it, as Simon has said, it's not enough to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist and let's change this world for the better. Yeah, Cycle like listeners, 100. there's probably what, like seven, 17 of you <laughs> by this point in the episode. And that's maybe a little generous. Uh, oh no i mean i hope there is 17 but hey like Curdy said you know our political <laughs> episodes tend to be our least listened to episodes but hey well look, <laughs> either way man i feel like here at the cycle look if it's not obvious we support the movement <laughs> we definitely we definitely do which is why oh you know, i well okay it wasn't just me but it was all of us, you know, we made the decision not to release the next mini series episode this week, uh, despite putting out the trailer for it on that and you know, kind of putting a guess a pause to our content. Cause if I'm just being honest, like I just didn't feel like making content that wasn't about this. I didn't think it was appropriate either. Yeah. We and, and uh you know, maybe we'll we'll suffer from it, maybe less people will listen, but you know who needs racist to listen to this podcast anyway so yeah no hey like i said no you gotta be on the right side of history you gotta you gotta really think about this you know you gotta think about what's morally right and you gotta do what's morally right you know with the cycle 365 i'm not gonna make any promises about content coming back this was just an episode i wanted i mean we wanted to make just to put out there to make sure that now more than ever it's obvious what side we're on you know and use what little platform we have for for the better you know? and yeah so i mean that's just all i'm gonna say like i don't know when our regular content's coming back but you know things gotta change uh hey get out there you know help out your community be active uh, take care of yourself as well though don't you know don't be putting yourself in stupid situations where you know it's not a good idea but you purposely hurt yourself but at the same time just keep in mind you know we're in it as a community that's the only way we're gonna get through it this is not a one-time thing and uh yeah agree so, yeah. so hey um thank you for rocking with us i know this is probably a super long episode i have not edited it yet but i think every single part of this episode is the most important this is probably our most important episode yet i would have to agree so Wait. do you have anything to add i'm just gonna say yeah thanks for listening I mean, hey thanks for rocking with us like i said this is probably a super long episode so if you got it this far you know hey uh follow us on social media we'll follow you back pretty much a guarantee and uh look forward we look forward to change looking forward to you know the future of this podcast to so the future of this nation and our communities 
not all together so keep rocking with the cycle 365 soon enough we'll come out with normal content i'm not gonna promise when because you know, i think it's better just to keep social media open to uh, this movement to really helpful posts and whatnot if anything we'll post stuff that helps out as well so thank you for rocking with us show us some love on social media share this because there are some people that need to hear this and yeah i'm one of your co-hosts simon Villetos. and i'm cody stoffer and we'll catch you next time whenever that may be stay safe out there <laughs> <laughs>